All right, we're going to look in uh, Hebrews chapter 11. You should have a copy of the lesson. Uh, it's uh, Victorious Faith. And uh, if you don't have a copy, you can raise your hand. The men will be glad to bring that by to you. Uh, Hebrews chapter 11. And uh, we're going to read verses 1 through 3. <clears throat> now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. For by it the elders obtained a good report. Through faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God so that the things which are seen were not made of things which do appear. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for allowing us to be together tonight. And uh, Lord, we're uh, thankful, Lord, that uh, uh, each and every moment of the day we can experience faith that is strong and we can experience a move of God in our hearts that increases our faith and I pray, Lord, we might have faith to believe mighty things from the hand of God, uh, things that we never uh, dreamed we could accomplish, uh, Lord, can be uh, fulfilled as we trust in the living God. And so, Lord, I pray you bless us tonight. Speak to us in a special way. Uh, we will praise you, Lord, and thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, in verse 1, it says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. And I love verse 3 because it says, Through faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God. And so having faith uh, to believe and have faith where we can have a great victory because of the working and the will of God in our life. Romans ten seventeen says, Faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And uh, so if we're going to be able to take... Uh, be able to move ahead in what we believe and what we can experience, then we need to be like the apostles in Luke 17, 5. It says, the apostles said unto him, Lord, increase our faith. And I always want the Lord to increase my faith. I want to believe God for even greater things than I've been able to see him do in the past. I don't want to live on past victories. I want new victories in my life. Amen. And so that takes faith to believe that God is still on the throne. He's still in control. He can still work in your life and he can still grow you in that faith. I suppose you could create a hundred sermons. I know I have quite a few sermons deal with faith and deal with victory. And uh, if you're going to preach on the subject of victorious living or victorious faith, uh, there certainly is much that you could say about that and uh, many, many different passages that you could turn to and preach from. And uh, chapter 11 of Hebrews is a great chapter uh, because of the fact it is what we call the faith chapter. And it records for us and illustrates for us many, many victories that believers uh, that they experienced just simply because they had faith to trust in their God. Uh, in the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus exhorted his disciples to have faith in the trust in God. And certainly in the days we're living in, the trends that are developing in our world, the direction everything is going, uh, certainly we need to have God increase our faith and uh, build us in a, in a basic understanding that we can trust God with what is coming up in the future, amen? And we can trust God to be working in our life and on our behalf. Uh, Jesus told a man whose son was ill and his disciples couldn't heal him and couldn't do anything about it. Jesus said, if thou canst believe, all things are possible to him that believeth. And uh, no matter what you're facing, all things are possible to him that believeth. And so we just need to have faith 
the trust that God knows what is best and God can do his perfect will. Yeah, he is not strapped or hindered by this world. And uh, he can do what he chooses to do. Salvation is completely by faith. Uh, certainly we know we're saved by faith, for by grace are you saved through faith. It's not of yourselves, it's a gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. And certainly we're justified by faith. Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. And so everything about our life as a Christian, everything about our life as a believer in Christ is generated and experienced and motivated by faith and faith alone. And uh, so we want to be able to identify with victorious living or victorious faith that enables us to continue to go on for God. Why? Because without faith, it's impossible to please him. And so I want to please the Lord. I want to live a life that will honor my Savior. And so I need to have faith. I can't I can't be in control of everything. That's hard for me because I like being in control of everything. And uh, I've learned that I can't be in control of things. I need to let God take control. I need to allow the Lord to show himself faithful and true to me as I have faith in believing that he can do a better job than I can. Amen. So victorious faith. Let's look at a few things here tonight. Uh, first of all, we need to think of the results of weak faith. And we're talking about strong faith, and the opposite side of the coin is a weak faith. And so I, I need to choose, I need to decide, am I going to be weak in my faith or am I going to be strong in my faith? First of all, weak faith deprives us of many blessings. And I, I just often think over the years what blessings I missed out on because I didn't do it by faith. And I took care of things myself rather than trusting God. In uh, Hebrews chapter 3 and uh, verse 16 says, For some, when they had heard, did provoke, howbeit not all that came out of Egypt by Moses, but with whom was he grieved forty years? Was it not with them that had sinned, whose carcasses fell in the wilderness? And to whom swear he that they should not enter into his rest, but they that believed not. So when you think about a weak faith, when you have lack faith, uh, you're not growing in faith. It's going to deprive you of many, many blessings that God would be able to do in your life if you would just trust him and, trust and believe that he is able to do that. And, you know, the children of Israel, when they got ready to go into the Canaan land, the Jordan River did not part until the priest stepped into the water. And if God's going to do something miraculous in our light, your life and in my life, then it's going to require, require of us to take a step of faith, not knowing if the water is going to depart or not, not knowing if it's going to work out or not, not sure of whether I'm going to be able to succeed or not, but rather I can believe God and take a step of faith and trusting that he'll take care of us. And uh, I'm just, I just think when my wife and I left for Bible college, I don't know whether we were stupid back then or we really did have faith. I mean, when you just take and pack up everything and not know anybody and not know where you're going, not knowing what you're going to go on, not knowing how you're going to pay the bills or nothing, uh, I'll tell you, it's a fine line between faith and foolishness, but I believe God gave us faith that we didn't even understand. And God took care of us. And I just have found this over the years 
that when I will not have faith to trust God, I miss out. I miss out on things. And uh, because God will bless us when we have faith to believe him. So weak faith will cause us to deprive ourselves of many blessings. Let her be there. See, weak faith uh, fills our hearts with worry. I like his quote I came across. Worry is the thief that robs us of the joy of experiencing God's blessings. And I just wonder how many times have I missed out on the joy of the Lord because of the fact that I didn't have faith to believe that God was going to move. I worried myself to death about what was going to go on. My niece, I remember my niece when she was just a kid and we used to have her come over to our house and she'd worry herself to death. She'd, Uncle Mike, what are we doing tomorrow? Oh, what are you going to do tonight? She had to know everything was going on. I said, don't worry about it. We'll, we'll do something. Well, I need to know what's going to go on. Right? You know, and, but many times as a Christian, that's how we deal with God. God, how are you going to do this? When are you going to work in my life? How are you going to accomplish this? And listen, we, we weak faith uh, it fills our hearts with all kinds of worries and doubts of whether God has a plan or not. He does have a plan. Let's just believe him and trust him to work his plan. Notice provision received in Matthew chapter 6. When Jesus is really preaching on the Sermon on the Mount, uh, he reminds us of the fact that God can provide for us. In Matthew chapter 6 and verse 30, and the apostles gathered themselves together and Jesus told him all things, both what they had done and uh, what they had taught. I'm in Mark. I'm like, that's not the verse I want. <laughs> it might be nice if I got the Matthew chapter 6. And uh, well, we'll get over there. Amen. Uh, Matthew chapter 6 and verse 30 says, Wherefore, if God so clothed the grass of the field, which today is, and tomorrow is cast in the oven, shall he not much more clothe you, O ye of little faith? See, lacking faith robs us of the joy of being assured that God can take care of us. And he says, Therefore, take no thought for tomorrow, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or wherewithal shall we be clothed? For all of these things do the Gentiles seek, for your heavenly Father knoweth that you have need of all these things. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. So provision that we receive is based on our ability to have faith to trust God. And when we don't trust God, when we live a life of lacking faith, what happens it robs us of the blessings because of the fact we're filled with worry and we're filled with doubt and we're filled with fear. And so God can provide for us. And so uh, don't be overrun with worry and doubts and fears. Allow the Lord to remind you that through faith, he can take care of you. He knows what your need is tomorrow. He knows what bill you're getting tomorrow that you don't know you're getting. He already knows it's on the way. But I'm going to tell you this, he's already got the payment on the way also. And so God can provide for us. So I see not only a provision received, but there's a positive reaction. In the Philippians 4, 6, be careful for nothing. It means don't be anxious about material things. You need to have a positive reaction to what it is that God says he can do. If he said, I can provide for you, 
then you, you respond in a positive way of not being distressed and distraught in life, but trusting the living God. Why? Because if I don't, if I don't, I'm, then my faith, if it's weak, I'm just going to be filled with anxiety and worry all the time. And I want to be positive about life. I want to enjoy life. I, I don't want to be walking around worrying about every little thing that goes on in life. And so I need God to give me strong faith because if I have a weak faith, then I'm not going to have a positive reaction to what it is that God wants to do in my life. But not only that, but I saw this, just thought of this, the personal relationship. Worry replaces our attention on the problems and things rather than Jesus. And uh, listen, we need a personal relationship with Christ based on the fact that he has made many promises to us. He is all-powerful, and he is interested in you personally. And because he's interested in you personally, then I don't want to replace my relationship, my confidence in my God with worry and anxiety about things and circumstances in my life. You know, I don't know how the world lives, and you look at what's going on politically, financially in the world, you look at things that are going socially in the world, I don't know how they live when they see everything falling apart around you. But I can be assured of this, I don't need to worry about what's going on in the world because I have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. I am his child. I am a part of the family of God. He has promised to provide for me, care for me, love me, empower me, protect me, and all these things. I don't need to be stressed out about tomorrow and about the direction the world is going in. If I have weak faith, then yes, I will be filled with worry and doubt. So there are results from having weak faith. It fills me with worry. But then weak faith prevents others from being blessed. If I don't have faith enough to trust God, then certainly my life is not going to impact others in a positive way. I love this quote, lacking faith hinders the effective working of God through us. It's one thing to allow God to work in us, but it's a quite another thing to allow God through faith to work through us. And God wants us to be a blessing to others. You know, in Matthew chapter 8, in verse 8, we know the centurion's servant was healed, and he it was healed because of faith. And in Matthew 8 and verse 8, the centurion answered not and said, Lord, I am not worthy that thou shouldst come under my roof, but speak the word only, and my servant shall be healed. The response of Jesus is in verse 10, Jesus heard it and marveled and said unto them that followed, Verily I say unto you, I have not found so great faith, no, not in Israel. And so if I'm not going to be able to have faith to trust God, then my ability to be a blessing to others is going to be hindered. And so this centurion's servant was healed because of the centurion's faith uh, that, that was a blessing uh, upon him, and Jesus heals his servant because of that. I'm preaching a message on Sunday, kind of letting the cat out of the bag, but anyway. I'm preaching a message on Sunday entitled, Their Faith. Their Faith. I think sometimes we don't think about their faith. 
You know, God does some miraculous things, not because maybe your faith, but because of their faith, because of somebody else's faith. And so this centurion was able to impact his servant because he had faith. Jesus healed his servant. So there was someone else that was blessed because of the fact of uh, someone's faith. And so I want to have faith that is abundant and strong because I want to be a blessing to others. And so the centurion's faith. In Mark's chapter 7, Mark 7, the Syrophoenician woman's faith uh, healed her daughter in Mark chapter 7 and verse 24. And it says, from thence he arose and he went into the borders of Tyre and Sidon and entered into a house and would have no man known it, know it, but he could not be hid. For a certain woman whose young daughter had an unclean spirit uh, heard of him and came and fell at his feet. And the woman was a Greek, a Syrophoenician by nation, and she besought him that he would cast forth the devil out of her daughter. And Jesus said unto her, Let the children first be filled, for it is not meat to take the children's bread and cast it unto the dogs. So he's basically calling her a dog. In verse 8 it says, And she answered and said unto him, Yea, Lord, yet the dogs under the table eat of the children's crumbs. And he said unto her, for this, I, for this saying, go thy way, the devil is gone out of thy daughter. And when she was come to her house, she found the devil gone out and her daughter laid upon her bed. See, it was the faith of a Syrophoenician woman that she got a demon cast out of her daughter. And uh, Jesus uses the analogy that we don't cast our food to the dogs when we need to feed our children. Her response was, well, you know, the, even the dogs eat the crumbs. You know, crumbs of faith is enough to get a miracle from God. And uh, this Syrophoenician woman's daughter was uh, healed of this demonic oppression because of the fact that she had faith. And so she was a blessing to her daughter. The centurion was a blessing to his servant. In John chapter 4 and verse 50, John 4 and verse 50, we see that the nobleman's son was healed. In John chapter 4 and verse 50, it says, And Jesus said unto him, Go thy way, thy son liveth. And the man believed the word that Jesus had spoken unto him, and he went his way. And as he was now going down, the, his servants met him and told him, saying, Thy son liveth. I just know this, that we can have faith to believe. We can be a blessing to someone else. Since faith brings a blessing, then lacking faith hinders the blessings. And so we need to have God move in our hearts that we might have great faith so that we can be a blessing to someone else. Andrew Murray said this, When we pray for the Spirit's help, we simply fall down at the Lord's feet in our weakness. Then, he says, there we find the victory and power that comes from his love. See, we don't fall in strength, we fall in weakness. We don't fall in pride, we fall in humility. Uh, we don't f fall in base in our own talents and strengths and abilities, 
we fall in, in need of God's strength and God's ability to work on our behalf and to work through us. And when we do that, then others are blessed. And so I don't want my faith to be weak or anemic because I want to be a blessing to others. And so the results of a weak faith. We see the results of a strong faith as we evaluate this. And uh, uh, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. And so there are results. Notice, first of all, that faith in God gives courage. It gives courage. We know the story of Gideon back in Judges chapter 6. He had his army ready to go fight the Midianites. And God said, your army is too big. You know, sometimes God tells you you got too much. And God says, wait a minute, you got more than what you need, and but what you need mostly is more of me. And he uh, counsels with Gideon, and God advises him to cut his mighty army down to 300 people. And as he cuts it down to 300 people, he goes with courage into battle. And I really feel that as you read through uh, Judges chapter 6, that uh, Gideon had more confidence and more courage with 300 than he did with his 30,000 men. And may I say this, when, you know, we used to sing that song, little is much when the Lord is in it. And uh, listen, you don't have to have great, uh, uh, mighty things and abundance of things to have courage. You just need to have faith in the Lord and God can give you courage. He can give you courage to witness to that person that you think can't get saved. It's amazing, the person you think you can't get saved, when you talk to them, you get the courage to talk to them, all of a sudden they get saved. And so he can have courage to do mighty things for God. You say, I just don't know if God would be able to protect me and use me if I was to surrender my life in the full-time vocational ministry for the Lord. Yes, he can have the courage and have faith to believe that God can do it and God can move on your behalf. And so faith in God gives me courage. Not only that, but faith in God gives peace. And it gives peace because of the fact that it eliminates worry and anxiety. It's kind of hard to be able to uh, enjoy the confidence of God and the peace of God that passes all understanding when you allow yourself to be distraught and overwhelmed with worry and anxiety. The two do not coexist together. Either you have the peace of God or you don't. And uh, so you have to make that decision whether you're going to live by faith based on the things that are hoped for that God has promised you or whether you're going to live in the flesh and in the realm of emotional distress because of the fact you're not sure of what's going to happen. So faith, the result of strong faith, it drives the worry and drives the anxiety out. Uh, over the years, I've had people say, tell me, Pastor, I don't know how you go home and sleep sometimes with all the stuff you got to think about. It doesn't bother me a bit. I, my, you can ask my wife. I can sit down anywhere, and within five minutes, I'm asleep. Amen. I have no problem sleeping at all. And uh, I don't worry about things. I don't take people's problems home with me. I lay them at the cross. Amen. Let the Lord take care of the problems. Let the Lord take care of the issues. I may have to go home and my wife and I may weep before the Lord in prayer, asking God to do something miraculous. But I'm going to tell you, after the weeping and prayer, I can lay down and go to sleep. 
because I trusted in the living God. I have to choose. You have to choose. Are you going to live in the realm of worry, worry and anxiety or are you going to live in the realm of faith that gives you a perfect peace of God that passes all understanding? So faith gives us peace because it eliminates worry and anxiety. Number two there, it gives joy in the darkest hour. I'll tell you, there's many things that you have to go through and days get dark sometimes, but it says weeping may endure for the night, but joy cometh in the morning. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. Uh, he that goeth forth weeping, bearing precious seed, shall doubtless come again rejoicing, bringing his sheaves with him. I'm just saying this, that when we have faith to believe God, he gives us peace that not only just eliminates the anxiety in life, but it gives us joy unspeakable and full of glory in the midst of the darkest hour that we go through. Uh, God's able to give light when there's nothing but darkness around us. And so the God's peace gives joy in the darkest hour. But it also overcomes obstacles. God's peace overcomes obstacles. And uh, I just know this, that when I have the peace of God, whatever's standing before me, I don't have to be afraid of it. If God be for us, who can stand against us? And so we can overcome the obstacles of our faith to believe that God is in control of all things. Uh, we just got some information from Christian Law, and uh, uh, Carrie was telling me some of the kids that go to public school were saying that the teachers are telling them they can't take their Bible to school and because somebody might see the Bible and it might make them sad. I mean, come on, give me a break, you know? And uh, there's a lot of things I see in the world that make me sad, you know. But anyway, we got some information from Christian law to give to the teachers. Amen. And uh, to give to the teachers to make them aware of the fact that they cannot tell the students they can't bring their Bible to school. Amen. They can't tell students they can't pray. Amen. Students in the public school can witness. They can wear clothing that depicts religious verses or characters or whatever. They Listen, all this garbage is nothing but obstacles that the devil puts in front of us to create fear and anxiety in us so that we won't press ahead in the peace of God. We need to have faith to believe that greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. I believe that Christians ought to stand up like a mighty army and rebuke the demons of hell and say, you're not going to tell me I can't be a testimony for Jesus Christ. You say, well, how can you do that? Because I have the peace of God that passes all understanding. Whatever obstacles in front of me, I can overcome it. And so we can't let the world continue to dictate to us what is acceptable and not acceptable. The Christian knows what's acceptable. And so we need to testify to that. And we're going to give the children those papers to take to their teacher. And it'll be interesting to see what they have. And we're going to give it to them with the instruction if the teacher says you still can't do it, you tell me, I'll go talk to the teacher. I'm not going to have believers in our church being intimidated by the world. If I got to go on the channel news and talk about it, I'll do that. I'm not going to be overcome with anxiety and worry because of the world says we can't act out and live out our Christian life. 
I have the peace of God that passes all understanding because God has instilled faith into me to believe that he is greater and stronger than these things. So faith in God's, gives us God's peace. So faith not only gives us courage, it gives us peace, but faith brings things to pass. I love that. In Hebrews chapter 11, if you go through all these verses in Hebrews 11, you'll find situations that developed in believers' lives that, listen, had to be corrected, had to be addressed, had to be confronted, and it came to pass. It was accomplished. In Hebrews 11, 4, by faith, Abel offered unto God a more excellent sacrifice. In verse 5, by faith, Enoch was translated that he should not see death. In uh, verse 7, it says, by faith, Noah, being warned of God of things not, yet, uh, not seen as yet, moved with fear and prepared an ark to the saving of his house. What needed to come to pass was accomplished because they had faith to believe God. So just as there are results of faith that is weak, there are results of faith that is strong. And then I see the way to have victorious faith. I like what D.L. Moody said. He said, always, Moody always prayed for great faith. One day he read Romans chapter 10, verse 17, no faith cometh by hearing, hearing by the word of God. And he said, said, he said this, I closed my Bible and prayed for faith. I then opened my Bible and began to study and faith has been growing ever since. I'm glad that we have the word of God and we can turn to the word of God and our faith can become strong as we understand what the word of God has to say. So first of all, when you talk about the way that victorious faith, you need to know the word of God. Uh, not just read it, you need to know it. Uh, you need to understand it. You need to know how to apply it. Uh, you need to know what it says. You need to train your, your children and your grandchildren. Uh, we need to do all that we can to help the young people in our church to grasp a deep understanding and comprehension of the Word of God. Why? Because it's your tools, it's your building blocks, it's your specifications. I was thinking... Uh, the other day, we had to fire marshal inspect our building, and they wanted uh, uh, the occupancy of the amount of people can be in the gym because we didn't have it posted over there, and they wanted what it was going to be in here. So I, I took out our blueprints from putting the building up, and I said, it's got to be on the blueprints somewhere, and so we were looking on it. And I was just thinking, it just reminded me as I was going through, looking through all these pages of blueprints to be able to build that building of all the specs, all the specifications, the minute details about how that building had to be built and what material needed to be put into it. And I thought of this, wait a minute, everything that I need to know about building a Christian life, the specifications are right here in this book. And so I need to know what the Bible has to say so that my faith will be victorious by building my life based on the specifications that are in the Word of God. But not just that, to know the Word of God, but you need to believe the Word of God. You know, a lot of people know a lot of things, but they don't believe it. 
And uh, when you say I'm believing the word of God, that means you're trusting the foundation that is laid. And uh, that whole building over there, you know, we believe every day when we go in there that the thing's not going to fall down on our head. <laughs> and it's because we, we trust the foundation that was laid. I remember when they were putting that in and they were bringing fill dirt in and I remember they were going over that with a compaction thing, measuring the compaction of the dirt uh, for the foundation of that building. And I remember it was one spot was too soft. I don't even know how you read that thing and how you do that. But one area was too soft. They had to go in and dig the dirt up and put more different type of gravel in there to create the compaction so that the foundation would be secure so that the building would not fall down when it was built. Well, wait a minute. We need to believe the Word of God because when we believe the Word of God, we are demonstrating that we're trusting that the foundation won't be moved. It's solid. I have something to stand on. And I don't have to worry about whether I'm right or whether I'm wrong. I just believe that the Bible's right and my foundation is secure. That takes faith. And then we need to apply the word of God. And if I know it and I believe it, it doesn't do me any good if it's not applied to me. And so that means putting the promises into action. And that's what faith is. It's knowing what God said, believing what he said, and then putting into action what he said. And then we live out that life based on the testimony of the grace of God in reference to who we are and what he has so stated that he can, can and will and desires to do in each of our lives. And we start living a victorious life of faith. And so faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. It is not me figuring it all out. It's me trusting that God is going to do what he said he would do. So here's the conclusion, some thoughts here. First of all, we have, it brings faith is going to put me in a position of trusting God's daily provision in my life. That's why we already read it, but in verse 30 of Matthew 6, the wherefore if God so clothed the grass of the field, which is today and is tomorrow cast in the oven, shall he not much more clothe you, O ye of little faith? God can provide for you. I remember Dr. Malone saying years ago, if God has to make a turkey fly in and land on your table to feed you, he can do it. And I believe without all my heart. I've watched God put food on my doorstep. I've watched God put gas in my car. I've seen God give me money that I had no idea where it was going to come from. I just know this, that God says he'll meet your daily needs. When the children of Israel were going through the wilderness, they were going to the promised land, God fed them every day. He didn't give them extra. He gave them exactly what they needed every day. And they had to have faith to believe that God has a daily provision, a daily supply, and God took care of them, and God can take care of you in the same manner. But there also, I believe, faith enables us to understand God's supernatural protection. In uh, Matthew chapter 8 and verse 26, tells us this, and he said, Why are you fearful, O ye of little faith? Then he arose and rebuked the winds and the sea, 
and there was a great calm. We notice where the disciples are on the ship with Jesus. There's a great storm. The ship is tossed to and fro. They're worried. They think the Lord is going to let them drown. They're going to perish. The response of Jesus, why are you fearful? What are you afraid of? And he rebukes them for having little faith. And then he rebukes the wind and the seas and the waves and the sea becomes calm. God's supernatural protection. God can protect you. He can take care of you. I remember reading a story years ago of a missionary on the mission field. Uh, had three children. And uh, while they were on the mission field, there was a lot of poisonous snakes on the mission field where he was at. I forget the exact field where he went. But anyway, I remember the story uh, that when they he got to a point where he was fearful that his children might get bit by the snake. And so they decided to come back off the mission field uh, rather than trusting God's pro protection on the mission field. They came back. As they got back in the, in, in the United States, uh, the area where they were settled in when they came back to the States was known for having rattlesnakes. And uh, they had lived in a trailer in a trailer park, and uh, they went, he was at work one day, his wife, the children went outside, they went underneath the trailer playing, and there was a nest of rattlesnakes underneath the trailer. All three of his children, all three of his children were bitten, and they all three died. And he shared that testimony because he said, where God leads you, you have faith to believe God will protect you. He can protect you. The thing they feared, rather than trusting God to protect them, is the very thing that took the life of their children when they came back to the States. The safest place you can be is in the center of God's will. Because in the center of God's will, we live by faith that God's going to protect us and God's going to take care of us. And so God's daily provision, God's supernatural protection, and then God's personal power. In Matthew chapter 14, in uh, verse 31, Matthew 14, 31, it says, Immediately Jesus stretched forth his hand and caught him and said unto him, O ye little faith, wherefore did thou doubt? We know this is Peter walking on the water. And as he's walking on the water, he starts looking around. He sees the waves are very boisterous. He becomes fearful. And when he becomes fearful, he starts to sink. And the Lord reaches out and catches him and saves him and reminds him, where, where did you doubt? What, 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 where did your faith uh, go default here? Where did your faith give up? Uh, because he, he forgot that the Son of God had power. He was not walking on the water in his own strength. He was walking on the water because the Son of God said, Come. Amen. And it wasn't about Peter and it wasn't about the waves. It was about the power of God. And I believe with all my heart we can have faith to believe that God's personal power is enough to take care of us and move in our life in a miraculous way. Then I thought about God's eternal position. Matthew chapter 16 and verse 8 says, Which when Jesus perceived, he said unto them, O ye of little faith, why reason ye among yourselves because ye have brought no bread? In the context of the chapter, Jesus questions them 
and uh, he, re, he's, he teaches them and reminds them they need to be aware of the leaven of the Pharisees. They thought he was talking about bread. He didn't need them to bring bread because he could miraculously feed them with bread. He had warned them of the leaven of the Pharisees, and then he describes for them, he wasn't talking about the leaven as far as bread. He was talking about the doctrinal error of the Pharisees. The eternal position of God is his doctrine doesn't change. And he warned his disciples, don't be lacking in faith Believe what I've taught you. Believe what I've revealed to you. It is not about physical bread to eat. It is about the doctrine you hold on to. And so by faith, we believe and trust that God does not change. He is the Lord. He changes not. He's a God who cannot lie. He's always consistent, truthful, and honest and direct on who he is and what his expectations are for us. So, God's eternal position. Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. God help us to have victorious faith. God help us to believe to the point where we're not walking around distressed out with life, but rather we're living in the realm of the hope that God can give. There is always hope with the Lord. And praise God that God gives us faith to believe. Well, I hope that's a help to you tonight. Make sure you go through and study. I think we did, there's some other verses there. We didn't look them all up, but be sure to do a little study yourself. And know what the Word of God has to say. Believe it and just trust it and God can do some miraculous things.